you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stort Show. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Andy Storch Show. I am your founder and host, Andy Storch, and I am pumped to have you listening to me today on this glorious Friday. Uh, I have had so much going on, been running client workshops and traveling and meeting with different people and interacting on social media and I've had so many thoughts going through my head and things that I wanted to uh, record and, and talk to you about and I'm trying to stay efficient with that and not waste any of your time. Uh, but today I wanted to spend a little bit of time recapping the conversation I had with Dr. Gay Hendricks as well as some of the lessons from his book, The Joy of Genius. So if you have not listened to my interview with Gay Hendricks, which came out earlier this week. Uh, I highly recommend you go back and check that out. Uh, for me, it was one of the best, if not the best interviews I've ever done. And part of the reason for that is because I was probably the most prepared I've ever been for an interview in that I had just read his book and highlighted so many things, taken so many notes, written down so many questions. And uh, I was able to get through a lot of those uh, in the interview and Really appreciate Gay sending me the book and spending the time. Uh, and I received a couple text messages from friends uh, telling me that uh, it was a fantastic interview. So I really appreciate that that great feedback. And uh, I'm working uh, with Gay's team to get his wife Katie on the podcast as well because it sounds like she has uh, some fantastic things she's working on. And I got a request from a friend to please get her on the podcast. So working on that as we speak. Um, and I wanted to recap, so if you haven't read the book, if you haven't listened to that interview, uh, I'll give you the recap today, but I do recommend that you read the book and you listen to the interview if you have time, because I think that they are both valuable and interesting and possibly life-changing. And how can that be? Well, here's a question for you. Are you wasting time with negative thoughts? How much time are you spending on negative thoughts about yourself, about others, about situations that you've had to deal with, about situations in your life, about your job, your relationships? Um, it, it's something that I don't deal with as much anymore because I've done so much work on myself. And yet still I have those times when I'm down or I'm ruminating about a situation or something that happened in the past or an altercation I may have had with someone, and it's really bothering me. And that is one of the big things that uh, Dr. Hendricks addresses in this book, The Joy of Genius. And um, so if you're spending a lot of time with negative thoughts, or are you blaming others for those thoughts? Are you worrying too much about what others might think about you or about a conversation that didn't go the way you planned? I know so many of us are dealing with this, right? Especially that one about worrying what other people think about us. It's so common, especially in this day and age of social media, but even long before social media, we walked around worrying what other people thought about us, how we dressed, how we talked, how we walked, uh, the interactions we had with people. What do they think about us now? What is their opinion? And one of the biggest takeaways from this book is that uh, Dr. Hendricks argues that we need to let those things go because we cannot control the past 
We cannot control the future and we cannot control what other people think or feel about us. Sure, we can do things to affect how they feel about us. We can make great impressions. We can be nice to them. We can do great things for them. But we can't change how they think or feel about us very often, right? And we certainly can't control it. I mean, we can, like I said, we can do things to influence, but we can't control it. And oftentimes we can't control our own fear or emotions about certain people or certain situations, but we can learn to accept them. We can learn to let them go. And we can give ourselves permission to let those things go and really accept situations for how they are. And I know that's not an easy thing to do, and it almost sounds like a cop-out to say, well, you know, just accept life, just accept situations the way they are. But I think if you look deeper at that and say, well, no, I don't necessarily accept my situation. I want to take action and make changes. But you can accept the reality that you're in because you can't change the past. You can't go back. You can't say different things than you said. You can't take back those things you said or that other people said or make a different decision. Um, you know, if you had an argument with a friend or maybe you, uh, you left late for a meeting or you took the wrong route. Uh, last night I was running late, uh, for the airport and did not follow Google's directions. I took the wrong, the wrong, uh, route at the last second. And then there was an accident and I almost missed my flight. And I, you know, I wished I could have gone back and, uh, taken the route that Google suggested, but I couldn't, I couldn't change the past. So why do we sit around and spend so much time thinking and worrying and wishing we could go back and change what we did in the past when we know that we can't change it. There's nothing we can do. The one thing that we can do is take action now. We can look at our situation, think about the thing that we're worrying about. If it's a relationship, we can go and talk to those people, have that difficult conversation with that friend or that relative or that significant other uh, and change the situation. If it's something that you know you can't really change, Gay argues that you can take action by going and doing something productive. Maybe you can mow the lawn or do some laundry or hang up those pictures you've been uh, putting off or something productive for work. Make those sales calls. Um, do something that is going to get things done instead of sitting around wallowing in your pain or sadness. And that can be a big uh, solution uh, to the the problem that comes from having too many negative thoughts from worrying about the past. So it could be, you know, taking action towards a goal. Being productive is one way to really fight those negative feelings. Another is to ask yourself why you feel a certain way and is it justified? I mean, above all, you have to make a commitment to live a great life, which includes taking action toward things you want to accomplish and have those difficult conversations that need to happen. So uh, a great example of that, and I posted about it on Facebook, uh, was a couple weeks ago, I had a disagreement with a very good friend of mine, and uh, he brought up some things that I had been doing or saying that bothered him, and I'm grateful that he brought those up. In the moment, though, it was it was, it was was difficult. I didn't know what to say or how to respond, and then we both had to go because we both had meetings, and so I had to sit on that for the next 24 hours, and luckily, I had been reading uh, The Joy of Genius and decided that... I can't control how my friend thinks or feels about me, right? And I certainly can't control the past, the conversation we had. So I'm going to accept it. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to resolve to address it with him the next chance I get. 
And I did just that. We um, played phone tag a little bit and we finally got on the phone the next day. We both had uh, a lot of stuff going on, but we were able to connect and have the conversation and share our feelings. And I listened to him and accepted what he had to say and said that I would make some adjustments and committed. We both committed to our our friendship and our relationship. And I'm happy to say that things are great now. We're friends again. And I think those things happen from time to time. And I know that in the past, I would have just been paralyzed by fear, would have let ego or pride get in the way, and possibly our relationship would have suffered. But because I've read this, because we uh, were you know more mature than we probably both used to be, uh, we were able to take action and have that difficult conversation. And, and Dr. Hendricks tells some great stories in his book about uh, doing those things as well. And uh, he, part of this he calls the the genius move, which is to uh, accept the situation, let that those negative thoughts go, let it go that you can you can control things, and then take some action, like I talked about. Um, if you listen to the interview, uh, there were some really great conversations, things that came up in there. Um, you know, Dr. Hendricks talks about his marriage to his wife Katie for 37 years, uh, and he said once you get on a pathway you can ride the natural currents. And he talked about getting on the right pathway, finding your genius and the epiphany that he had when he was 24 years old and he was overweight, smoking every day in a, in a toxic, terrible relationship and how he made a commitment to live so that he could always feel great and feel great about his life and help others and started taking action towards that. And he said, when the world brings you three things in a row, it's time to start paying attention. So he talked about taking responsibility, talked about, um, you know, finding your genius and also sharing your, um, your expertise with others. That's what he was saying. When the world brings you three things in a row, maybe you should start paying attention if people keep asking you the same question. Um, and, but he said, successful change begins with heartfelt commitment. So if you are looking to make a change in your life, you've got to make a commitment. You've got to write it down. You've got to tell others, this is how I'm going to change. He talked about how to connect with your, your genius. Um, it used to be called the zone of genius. Now he's changed it to the genius spiral and why most people don't do it. Um, he talked about the three boxes, incompetence, competence, and excellence, this is such an interesting topic, and you know he introduced this in his previous book, The Big Leap, that we have these, it used to be zones, now it's boxes of incompetence, competence, and excellence, and that they're dangerous to get stuck in, uh, and that we need to make sure that we're not getting stuck in those, uh, because they can really hinder us and, and make us unhappy. So... Here's the example. So the zone of incompetence is something that you're just not good at. You don't know how to do it. And yet we spin our wheels trying to do it, right? So um, I might have a lot of technical things to do. Uh, I example he gave was the high-end consultant who was trying to fix his printer and couldn't figure it out. And he spent you know several hours doing it when he could have hired a kid uh, for 80 bucks, which he did, uh, who fixed it in less than an hour. Right. And I, there are plenty of things like that for me. Um, I struggle with home improvement. I'm not very handy. And even, you know, my time is worth a lot of money. I could spend five hours trying to figure out how to fix some plumbing, or I could hire an expert for less than an hour, uh, to come and do it for me. Right. So that's my, uh, box of incompetence. Box of competence is something that you know how to do. You can do, but it's not, anything unique about you. It's not something that 
uh, really separates you from other people. So maybe you do know how to do some home improvement things, but so do so many others. And if your time is worth a lot of money, then you're better off paying someone else to do that instead of you. Uh, for me, uh, that could be podcast editing. So I have uh, have had podcasts for two years now. And for the first year, I did all my own editing to save money. And I figured out how to do it. And I did it fairly well. Uh, it, it was definitely in my box of competence that I knew how to do it. But there were other people that could definitely do it better than me. And it probably wasn't worth my time. And actually, I figured that out easily because uh, at, in January, I hired a podcast editor. Hey, Dave, if you're listening to this. And uh, he does a fantastic job and saves me a ton of time. And I can go spend my time on higher value activities, uh, things that I'm really good at, like uh, those in my box of excellence. And those are things that I'm really good at that very few other people can do. Um, that could be podcasting. It could be uh, the sales activities I do. It could be facilitation. Uh, it could be uh, some writing. There are a lot of things that I do really well that other people may not necessarily be able to do that it's totally worth my time. Now, the danger is that he talks about is there are things that you do really well that you're excellent at, but they're not really that fulfilling to you. So that's why they're in their box of excellence, not your genius spiral. So maybe you are really good at project management, but you don't necessarily enjoy it, right? Or um, I'm really good at facilitation, but sometimes it can be a little draining to me and it's not like my favorite thing to do. Whereas uh, podcasting, I love doing. I could do this all the time. And so it's in my zone of genius is, is talking to others, teaching, speaking, coaching, helping others. And uh, so that's really fulfilling. And that's in my uh, no longer it's called the zone of genius. It's the genius spiral because it can, you know, keep spiraling out into this um I don't know, this wonderful world of, of things like it just makes you so happy and it's something you can do over and over again and you're really great at it. And uh, I think when you know it, when you find it, you know it. And so Gay also talks in that interview about finding that, uh, that genius and how to genius yourself out of the excellence box by doing more things in your genius spiral, the things you love to do most. He talks about how to woo your creativity and this involves you know, spending time thinking about it and asking your friends about it. And a lot of people don't do this. So you've got to take that time to think, to reflect. What are the things that you're good at? Do you enjoy those things? What are the things that you really love to do that light you up, that put you in flow, the state of flow, or just get you excited? And if those are things that people are also willing to pay you for, that's a big bonus. That means you found your genius and something that you could really take advantage of. And Gay talked about making a commitment to end negative thinking and accessing your true genius. So, you know, the negative thinking takes away from your genius. How much time can you spend in your genius? Think about what it is that you really love to do. Can you spend more time doing that? And why do you put it off? And, you know, that's a question for me, too. Like I said, I love recording these podcasts and speaking and doing things to help other people. And I often put them off because I think that they're not as valuable as some of the other things I do. So I don't, I probably don't do it enough. Uh, and it, the question is, you know, how do I weigh that against the, um, the excellence activities that I do that do earn me money, right? So that's what you have to start thinking about. And how are you spending your time? 
Um, he said, thinking about the past, the future, and what other people think about us are the three unproductive functions because we're not getting anything done. It's not productive to reflect on the past unless you're learning from it or worry about the future. Thinking about the past and the future is like an addiction, Gay said. And what to do if you are troubled by negative thinking? Uh, I com- You say, I commit to ending my negative thinking. And I made this commitment. I wrote this down while I was reading the book. I commit to ending my negative thinking. And from now on, I am going to catch myself when I am um, feeding this addiction of worrying about the past or thinking negatively. And I'm committing to you all now, as I hope you will as well, to not only end that, but take action when that comes up to say, well, if I'm really worried about this relationship, maybe I should call this person and just ask them what's up and you know, see what's going on and how we can repair things if anything needs to be repaired, right? Or take action towards a some type of activity, something that maybe you messed up in the past. And um, a lot of negative thinking is driven by incompletions and things left unsaid, is what Gay said. So we need to just take action and, and do those things. And then, you know, he talked about how and when to use the genius move to deal with arguments and negative thinking. So there's just so many valuable lessons and takeaways in the interview. Again, I, I recommend you go back and check it out and that you do check out the book. Uh, but I hope that this is helpful to you as well to think about how much time am I spending um, thinking negatively? How much time am I spending worrying about the past or worrying about the future or what other people think? And how much time am I spending in my boxes of incompetence of competence and of excellence versus how much time am I spending with my genius? And do I really enjoy the things that I'm doing? And if not, you know, maybe it's time to reflect on that. Take a notebook and and write down the percentage of the things that you're doing. So for me, I know that I was spending a lot of time in my uh, box of competence and I needed to move away from that. So to help me with that, I just hired my first virtual assistant. I'm really excited about this. She's in the Philippines. Uh, So we've got a time difference to deal with, but um, she's very experienced and capable and we get along great. I'm excited to start working with her and I will be chronicling that journey uh, on this podcast as well. But I'm excited to hand off a lot of those tasks that I'm doing in my area of competence and hand those over to her so she can do those and I can focus more on my areas of excellence and of spend more time in my genius. And I hope that you'll take that as inspiration to go try to spend more time in your area of genius as well. Uh, If you do, I'd love to hear from you. Send me your uh, ideas, your comments, and your questions as well. And I hope that you have an awesome, awesome day. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Andy Stort Show. I know there are thousands of podcasts out there you could listen to, and you chose to spend some time with me, and I am grateful for you for that. I want you to know that if you want to connect with me or find out more, you can visit my website, andystorch.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. I'm very active on all three of those mediums, and that's a great place for you to connect. Uh, Send me any feedback or questions that you might have, or you can send me an email to andystorch at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to answer your question on the air. Let me know, and I hope you have an awesome week.